We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17 14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, GSPN and Blue Wire's Green Bay Packers podcast. Coming to you with another preview podcast. This week, uh, going to tackle the upcoming matchup between the Washington Commanders, formerly the Washington football team, formerly the Washington Redacteds. And uh, hopefully they can not go into a three-game losing streak headed into a matchup with the Bills. because That's almost certainly a recipe for a four-game losing streak. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Joining me on this lovely, which you'll be listening to on Thursday podcast, is Jordan Tresky. Jordan, how are you doing? Hello. I am doing well, though I have to talk about the Packers right now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, more, that more speaks to the current state of the Packers than anything else. Right. Usually we love talking about the Packers, but they've been the source of many a frustration this year already. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they have. Short and sweet. Fair enough. Yeah. Before we get into uh, the preview pod for the Washington Commanders, we got some housekeeping business to take care of, as always. Uh, cheese board. We got to hand out a single piece of cheese this week because, <laughs> man, did nobody else deserve it last week against the Jets. So this week, earning... Uh, just the one sole slice of Munster is Green Bay Packers tight end Bobby Tunyon. He had a the best game of his of the season so far. 
10 catches on 12 targets, 90 yards. Was getting pretty much anything he wanted um, all game, and mm. they couldn't stop throwing to him, it seems. <laughs> so, all in all, a good week for Mr. Tanyan. Jordan, what did you think of uh, of Bobby? Big Bob. Big Bob. Um, yeah, I mean... If there was a, such a thing as a safety valve, uh, Bob Tanyan was that last week. I mean, he was the only thing that was really driving the Packers offense <laughs> um, for at least, what, two and a half quarters. You know, there's some drives late in the game. But, yeah, I mean, he was just kind of exactly what they needed someone to be, and he took advantage of a lot of space around him in part because the Jets kept sending a lot of pressure and interesting blitzes and things that obviously threw off the Packers' O-line um, and put them off kilter. But Big Bob feasted, and it's a nice, like, steady... I, I feel like it's there'll be games where it kind of, you know, ebbs and flows, but I feel like post-injury that... I mean, it's obviously his best game post-injury, but I feel like it's more of... Last week, they obviously fell into it, but I think there'll be more of a design to feature Tanyan even more because they need downfield threats, and he is very good at making hard catches and tight windows and <laughs> getting off the line with good speed and just kind of, I don't know, taking advantage of, I guess, mismatches um, defensively for the Packers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's definitely been... In previous years, before his ACL injury, a really good target that isn't a wide receiver, which sounds weird to say, but he's always mm-hmm. been um, a wide receiver tight end, as opposed to like the typical wide rec- or typical tight end like you'd see with like Mercedes Lewis, yes. or um, I can't think of any other apparently just normal blocking tight ends right now. Uh, Austin Hooper is like another one that comes to mind. He's like he's more of a blocking tight end now than he's a receiving tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Tungan has always had that trait in them, and I think they need to get him more involved that way and put either um, Deguara or Tyler Davis um, at the blocking tight end spot and get Tungan more shots on the field. So maybe we'll see more of uh, of that coming soon. That'd be ideal. be ideal. It'd be very ideal considering just the state of things. Yes. So... <laughs> After six games, not a whole lot has changed on the cheese board from last week, given that Bobby was the only one receiving one. So with uh, with four cheeses is Aaron Jones and Rashawn Gary. Preston Smith has three. The following players have two. Aaron Rodgers, A.J. Dillon, Devondre Campbell, Elton Jenkins, Jair Alexander, Kenny Clark, Keyshawn Nixon, Pat O'Donnell, Quay Walker, and Romeo Dobbs. And the following players have one. Al Nazard, uh, Eric Stokes, Darnell Savage, Jaron Reed, John Runyon, Mason Crosby, Randall Cobb, Russell Douglas, Rudy Ford, Sammy Watkins, and Bobby Tunyon. So, hopefully... I'll go to the board! I'll get on the board. Let's uh, let's add a whole bunch of cheeses there. Let's have a, a cheese party. Hopefully this week against the Commanders. Mm-hmm. Cheese party sounds like it should be one of those cursed websites, but I assure you we're just trying to have a good time with a lot of dairy. So, general vibes from the Jets game, Jordan. Obviously, 
I spoke we spoke with Ty or I brother I spoke with Ty on Sunday about just the general disarray of the game and what it looked like. But you had talked about prepod how we hadn't had a loss that felt quite like this one in some time. Yes. Um you reminded me too that this is uh the first two game losing spell streak, whatever you want to call it, under Matt LaFleur. Regular season. As I Regular remember season. that. They lost to the Lions week 17, 18 last and year and then lost. lost. Yeah. But in the regular season they hadn't lost back to back in the Matt LaFleur era. Yeah. Um which is first of all, kudos. <laughs> Right, <laughs> that's pretty impressive. Um, but also, again, just a sign of where things have been building up, um, and just the kind of <sighs> frustration mounting, and um, certainly they, they just haven't played a complete game, whether it's been um even in wins, even against inferior opponents or uh, teams that don't look that great on paper and are suffering injuries, like a certain Washington team that is coming to Green Bay. Like, nothing is guaranteed for them, for the Packers at at this moment at all. Um, And as we'll get into the preview, like, I don't, like, at this point, yeah, you can, you know, oh, it's Washington and doing all this stuff of like, yeah, they don't have their starting quarterback, even though he's not a really great starting quarterback. <laughs> um, and just this general state of a team that is literally having uh, 30 owners trying to push up their own owner. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't matter right now because the Packers are just in a very it's it again we are we are dealing with lofty expectations mm-hmm. so it's not as bad as if you were the Washington Commanders and following them but what they are doing is simply just not acceptable in the eyes of Packers fans and what they are guaranteed to not guaranteed to that's the wrong way of phrasing it but like expecting out of the team. And a team like that is led by Aaron Rodgers, who's a rating MV- NFL. I was about to say NBA, NFL <laughs> M- MVP. That's the thing too. Is that like you know, like I'm not. I make these jokes privately, um, and now like, publicly, and now public. Yes, yes, that's <laughs> right. I have a platform and now. I'm my reign of terror has started. Here we go. But I always, anytime the the Packers are like down bad, I just like just put in love. Just the classic like JS commenter (laughs) account. Hey man, but like it's not just Journal Central commenters. There's definitely people who believe that. Yeah, but there is just something about like when Aaron Rodgers is the face of your team and he's your starting quarterback. Expectations are placed at the highest regard. Right both individual and the team itself. So when you're falling under expectations, both with the team and the individual, it just like, that's where it's like, I don't know. I I don't know if my, if our existence would be any better, but it certainly wouldn't have the expectation that, Hey, maybe these guys could just make it to the Super Bowl, Right. Cause that's not even in my calculation of, of talking about this team right now. Right. God, no. um, God, absolutely not. 
And it's uh, that's not to say that they can't go to the Super Bowl. There's been crazier things that have happened. Um, but under the traditional way of how you look at success in the NFL, right. I've seen that as three and three through their first six games, and the schedule is only going to get harder. It's, you know, the Vikings right now are, are leading the division, what, two by two games and have the tiebreaker, so it's yeah. two and a half, essentially. Have the tiebreaker as of right now, but if, yeah. they, if they split, then it goes on to other things. And it's just not, they're not even in that realm. They are not. No, like, that's the worst part about expectations, is that it makes every game that much more critical, depending on the outcome. Like, if you have an expectation of Super Bowl or bust, every win is like, yep, they went and did their job, great job, on on to the next week. But if they lose, then it's like, man, what are they doing wrong? I think, like, the perfect encapsulation of this is the Milwaukee Brewers this year and the the Cleveland Guardians who went to the... uh, went to the playoffs the guardians were 92 and 70 the brewers were 86 and 76 one of those felt a lot better than the other one despite like obviously the guardians made the playoffs and the um brewers didn't but the guardians were supposed to be bad all of this year and then they just played how they want how they wanted to play and made the playoffs, won a series, and pushed the Yankees to five. Yep. But the no expectations part of of sports is the best thing ever, because you're either abysmally bad and just like working towards picks, like okay, we expect it to be bad, it stinks, I can just not watch, etc. But once you have expectations, you're going to be tuned in because you want to see all the great plays and things like that. But when those expectations fall short, this is where we are right now as a fandom, and we're falling short in a time when we need to be exceeding because if we aren't going to Super Bowls and making playoffs with this contract Rodgers is under, then what are we doing? And that's kind of mm-hmm. where I think a lot of the fan base is right now. Yeah. I, I, that's again, this is I like none of their problems, especially offensively were not, it wasn't like it didn't, it doesn't come as a surprise. When right. you move on from Devontae Adams. But it's just like there's something about being hit over the head with it like incessantly and Aaron like a Rogers. Tom and Jerry cartoon. <laughs> yes. And Aaron Rodgers, like you know, there's obviously been a shift of like how he has played and the need of like it, the the bad habits of the end of the McCarthy era. And yeah. even really these things always existed when they were successful and they went to the Super Bowl and they were, you know, going deep in the playoffs, but it was still like, it could still occur and it'd still be a frustration, even though those things were happening. Right. And now, yeah, their wide receiver core and they're passing, um, you know, uh, uh, targets are not what they used to be. They are for whatever reason, Playing the best defense against their own top five running back in Aaron Jones, which is just yeah. maddening as hell. And AJ Dillon, like, it's not been a great year for him for whatever reason that he just can't get through. I think if there's also just the expectation of if he's on the field, they're going to hand him the ball. Like, there is not, like, 
I have no stat to back that up. This is just like an eye test, like gut thing. But uh, I just feel like he is not be used any clever amount of ways that that makes defense think like, oh, they're going to like maybe like throw in a pass here or two. It's just he's very much like, okay, you're going to run up the gut and let's try to manufacture three or four yards. Right. I think part of that, too, is just overall usage and like when they're using them. I think AJ Dillon's still good. He's having a rough stretch of games. I think the bigger problem is that he, they're not utilizing the run game as best they could. And if they do that yes. better, he will start to pick up and be a bigger part of the offense. They haven't been using the running backs as much as they should, and I think that is why we're seeing a down AJ Dillon year. Like he went from I forget what pot I talked on it about, but his usage or his target share of the uh, receiving targets going from week one to, I think it was against the, the Giants. It was last week, right? Yeah, like going into last week was yeah. going down all the way. And then against the Giants in London, he got it was zero, zero. 0% of the target share. It started at 50% that Vikings gave and then went to zero. Like, right. Which is not, that's five games. Yeah. That's and, kind of stunning. Right, exactly, and I think that's a lot of the reason why, um, they're why he's having a down season. They're just, they haven't figured out perfectly how to use him yet, along with AJ, or with along with Aaron Jones. And once they figure out the best way to, um, maximize both running backs to work in um, harmony in the offense, they'll be just fine. That is hoping that they end up doing it this season, <laughs> which is. Becoming a fair question. I mean, we talked about last week. This we're now at the third or one third mark. Yeah, past we're over or past because, it. And three and three. It's just, I mean, and nothing. It's beyond the record and beyond just watching how these games have been unfolded, especially after last week. Just like nothing is cut yet, and it just makes it between the kind of back and forth of simplifying the offense let's get the ball back to aaron jones and aj dillard this is what we do best and all the stuff on defense where it's like joe right. barry let's you know do something different right <laughs> and they made a concerted effort to do that at the start of last week's game uh granted the defense did everything that they could to keep them in that game until you know the wheels fell off but like right there's just nothing in sync. There's no consistency. Their consistency is their cons- consistency, as the saying goes. And it's just like, <laughs> it just, it's not, it's, I, it, there's parts of it that are not surprising. And there are parts of it that are just like, if you can't figure out where your team is and like what you feel like is worth salvaging at this point, because that's what we're talking about. Right. It's going to get dicey. And it's already pretty dicey for like it's, it's gonna dicey. get like it's gonna get like it, there's not an easy solution coming to to this team anytime soon. No, not at all. Um yeah. On that note. On that note, I don't got too much <laughs> else to say about the Jets game. I'm looking to uh hopefully not to think about the New York Jets for a very long time. Um moving on to this upcoming game. Before we get there though. Let's talk about they signed a practice squad member. Wide receiver Kawan Baker, who is a mm. certified athlete. 
for the uh, relatives. You say he's like a certified EMT or something. No, for the uh, <laughs> for the according to Kent Lee Platt. Yeah, Kent Lee Platt. I think he's the guy that does all the RAS stuff for mm. stuff. I think that's him. But he that tweeted right. last year for um his for Kwan Baker's relative athletic score was a nine point oh eight, which was the two hundred and thirty second ranked receiver out of twenty five hundred receivers from eighty seven to twenty twenty one. So pretty darn good. He's really fast in a straight line. His uh agility grade was very poor, but he was he's very, very fast. <laughs> so hmm. He had a, a 445 40-yard dash. So that's Golly. fast. So the idea is is that Randall Cobb, uh, Sammy Watkins, and Christian Watson are all currently injured. Sammy Watkins just got activated off of IR today, Wednesday, that is. So here's he's got, I think, three weeks or 20, 21 days from today to be activated to the roster um, or to play, I think is the proper term. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I forget what they're what happens, but they have 21 days to play him, mm. and so uh, that would seem like they're probably going to send Christian Watson to IR if they're bringing him off. That'd be probably the smart thing to do. Yeah, but um, they signed Quan Baker to the practice squad, who just finished um, serving a six-game suspension for a performance-enhancing substance policy violation. He was drafted by the Saints. Uh, last year, the seventh round, and um, was suspended obviously for six games. And then once his suspension was served, the Saints cut him. Mm. The um, Quan Baker in college did a lot of good things. He went to Southern Alabama, so like take it with a couple of grains of salt thinking about his competition. But he had 126 receptions for 1,800 yards and 16 touchdowns through the air, and then had. Uh, 92 carries, 11 touchdowns, and 376 yards um, rushing rushing the ball. And then, this is where the interesting part is, 29 kickoffs for 543 yards. Which, <clears throat> if I'm taking context into all of this, I didn't say it's an average of 18 yards per kickoff. Um, yeah. Maybe Amari Rogers might be gone. Like, <laughs> At this point, they might need him to play. Right, but they can't put Winfrey on the practice squad anymore. I think they have that to. That is true. They, they have to elevate him. They they elevated him. Yeah, they elevated him three times. So I think he's now on the roster. And mm. with Amari Rogers's shrinking role, I'd imagine sort of a timeline is they're going to see how uh, Kawan Baker does in practice, returning kicks and doing the special teams kind of stuff. And then if Amari continues to disappoint, move on from Amari and possibly call up Juan Baker. But that's just my my fan theory, per se. <laughs> I mean, at this point, like, what is his name? The Toure? Samari Toure? Yeah, Samari, Samari Toure. Like, they need help as much as they can get with, with their own roster, so... right. And uh, what's his name? Keishon Nixon was returning kicks last week too against yep. the Jets. Before, before that, Christian Watson was. So they clearly have a revolving door there. Yeah, that's right. It was two straight weeks of different yep. kick returns. So I, yeah, like they are definitely targeting something. 
Yeah, they're um, they understand that this is an issue. Yes, and circumstances are forcing their hand even more that Amari Rogers is going to have a feature role. And if he yeah. doesn't, then it's like, well, if you're not going to play him for this, like, what are you doing? Then, yeah, then what are we doing? Yeah. Um, they also signed, and I feel like I'm. That's why he sounds familiar. They signed uh, Ennis Gaines to the practice squad this week. As yes. Well. I was like, why does the name sound familiar? Because he's with the Packers uh, yeah. way back. Last year. Last year. <laughs> yep. So we'll see if that does anything for him. But um, I think that Kawan Baker signing is interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll have a real role, but I could see it becoming a talking point if Amari just doesn't do anything significant in the next couple weeks. Absolutely. Um, but now, looking ahead to the Washington Commanders. They are without Carson Wentz. They announced that early this week. I think it was Monday or Tuesday right away that he would not In part because be... they had that Thursday game too, right? Uh, yes. That is correct. They had they played last... They played that abysmal game against the Bears last Thursday and so this Oof. was probably... They had some days to see. Which Carson did play. Um, he has a right finger injury. Um, so the starting quarterback is going to be Taylor Heineke, who admittedly had a pretty decent game against the um, the Packers last year. The Packers last year played the Washington football team at the time, and Taylor Heineke had uh, 268 yards on 25 uh, completions with 37 attempts. Uh, one touchdown, one interception, took four sacks, which is not ideal. No. And then the biggest thing, which I think is going to be another issue that the Packs are going to have to navigate this year, is 10 rushing attempts for 95 yards. Like, the. He can do it on the ground. The rushing quarterback has always given me nightmares this, when it comes to the Green Bay Packers. And Dating I even... back to Michael Vick when he just <sighs> tore Lambeau Field asunder. But um, let's go through the injury report a little bit. A little longer for the Commanders than it is for the Packers. Um, David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins, as per usual, uh, on the practice, on the practice, on the injury report, both were limited in participation. And then Randall Cobb, they had some good news that he did not break his ankle, merely sprained it. Two to four weeks is what they're predicting, which was way better than what I thought it was going to be when. They were scared it was an, uh, a break and then a high ankle sprain will still put you out two months sometimes. So yeah, good that Very they're projecting two to four weeks. Um, Rashawn Gary has a toe injury, but he's a full participant in practice. Jake Hansen, who came in to replace John Runyon last week, he has a <laughs> bicep injury. Literally, I think only played two snaps. Yep. that We, and, we belabored and... that point on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rogers is right. Thumb is bothering him. We'll continue to see if it actually is bothering him or if it's just a, a bother or if it's something more serious. He did not participate. I think the plan is always going to be have him uh, sit Wednesday, then go into Thursday, maybe do a little bit full practice Friday, rest Saturday, play Sunday. I think that'll mm-hmm. be chalk for the rest of the, the year, if I'm worth the guess. And then Christian Watson has a hamstring injury, as we talked about, did not participate again. So I would imagine he's not playing. 
Yeah, definitely well, not. Yeah, which is which stinks. Mm-hmm. The commanders, as we mentioned, are down Carson Wentz. They are also um, none of these are confirmed yet, but they had limited participation from Percy Butler, their safety, Tariq Castro Fields, their corner, Sam Cosme, and Jahan Dotson, their I believe rookie receiver. Yes. Yes. So he has a yeah. hamstring injury. If he can't go, that'd be huge for the Packers. Um, but I don't think I've seen anything too definitive if he's going to be playing or not. And then uh John Bates and Diami Brown were both not part both did not participate on Wednesday. And then William Jackson the third, another corner. Logan Thomas, their I'm not gonna say like star tight end, but he's been their tight end for a while. Just like a He's kind of like our Bobby Tunyon, just yep, just that kind of player. He didn't big target. Yeah, big target. Doesn't get a whole lot of target shares throughout the season, but is reliable when he does get targets. Mm-hmm. Um, calf injury, and then Jonathan Williams has a knee injury, but he's like their fourth string running back. So, I think the biggest thing this week is going to be handling Taylor Heineke, which is a weird thing to say. But this will be the fourth week in a row that we've won against lackluster quarterbacks, and it will be the hopefully last week or the first week we won't have to worry about getting beat by one of them because between uh, Axel Edward, um, Daniel Jones, and Zach Wilson, we thought we had a pretty easy schedule coming up, and now we're one and two in those games. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> it was that big too. I forgot. Yeah, one can make the argument uh, could have been one three. Some would argue they should, like for, yeah, for certain. So they need to win this game. We'll put we'll we'll keep that for 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 a little bit later. We talk I about it more. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, <laughs> but the biggest talking point coming into this game was the simple case, simplification. I can't talk today. Of the offense, that was like the the sound bite that came out of Rogers' post game presser on Sunday, and it got talked about heavily. We'll put it that way. Rogers had to go defend himself on the Pat McAfee show, and a familiar theme. I feel like the Pat McAfee <laughs> show for Aaron Rodgers is like his therapy. This is Dear Abby. Yeah, like he he just goes. On Pat McAfee's show to be that cool guy, Aaron Rodgers. And I feel like, at, of course, I feel like every segment starts with, okay, I have to clarify. Something yeah. Here. That's and how it, let me, let me uh, keep this. This is my biggest pet peeve. And I'm sorry, listeners, for the tangent I'm about to go on. I'll keep it short, though. Let's go. Let's I cannot effing stand Aaron Rodgers is beef or pseudo beef with the media i watched a little bit of that of like the rogers uh interview on the mcafee show and he started it with like the most like turn your nose just comment about the media it was talking about how well this didn't get circulated in headlines by the by the media but and he talked about how his lead into the simplification of the offense was that he was praising the coaches for how much hard work they do and all the work that they do to make the offense and defense games every week. He's like, that didn't get talked about. It's like, well, no, fucking Rogers. Of course it didn't get talked about because that happens on every freaking team. Every team 
doesn't have a quarterback, a back-to-back MVP, Super Bowl winning quarterback, talking about how they need to simplify an offense. And just saying that the other players can't go do it. So that's I'm I'm sick of Rogers like being mad at the Packers beat reporters. The Packers have some <laughs> really good beat reporters. Like I don't I I maybe it's just me being ignorant, but I couldn't tell you of another team that has legitimately like really five good, five, six good beat reporters that are, are as dedicated and as good as what they do that provide different insights to fans than the Packers do. Mm. Like obviously Rob Domboski gets a lot of the big like uh trade stuff from the acquisitions because he's from ESPN. Um Andy Herman with the Blue Wire Pack a Day Blue Wire podcast does a lot of great breakdowns. So was Pete Bukowski. Um Bill Huber has been like boots on the ground reporter getting really nice scoops and being there talking about insights into offense, defense, and scheme a lot for the past decade and a half. Like they have a lot of good reporters. Yeah, a lot Rogers, of different outlets too. Right. Like it's not just not ESPN. Easy. It's yeah, it's a lot of different including GSPN. Including GSPN. <laughs> um and it's just like I it's it's annoying that that's what he decides to to talk about. And maybe he doesn't mean Packers media when he says media, but that's who gives those quotes. That's who's and that's who's reporting day. it to Twitter. Like they tweet it, the aggregator picks it up. That doesn't mean he's mad at the aggregator. He's mad at like if that's what he's gonna get mad at, he's getting mad at the source, which is the substance. Great. And so it's just annoying. I've I'm I'm sick of it. He's done it, been doing it for years now. I don't know about you, but I like my media to wear cut off black shirts and standing up while interviewing and weird Pittsburgh accents that I don't understand happen in Sicily. That's my thoughts on the Pat McAfee show. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I like, like, I don't mind Pat McAfee show. I think he has a certain amount of access that allows him to get interviews and get stuff out of people that you wouldn't normally get out of athletes because he was one of them. That being said, um, and he's charismatic as hell. I was very charismatic. Yes. Um, that being said, he's, this is a very, very, very far. I guess not really. I won't even, I don't even go there. He, he just knows how to talk to players and he kind of let, he got to give them leash on stuff, but he's not, he's not afraid to poke them once in a while either. So, but getting back to the simplification of the offense, here's what Rodgers had to say. Um, <laughs> expanding on um, that comment, here's what he had to say on the Pat McAfee show. It is a little long, so bear with me. Quote, at the heart, it is execution, Rodgers said. The most important thing is executing the plan and scoring points. What I mentioned in that, how hard coaches do work and how the plan comes together each week, with a lot of study and film review and self-scout as they put together their 20 runs or more, 20 runs and more, than that passes, they install from week to week. The point was that if we're not executing those plans, which, to be honest, are not the most complex things the majority of the time, then the only slight reaction would be to simplify things even further. That doesn't mean less motions or less checks at the line of scrimmage. It just means let's make sure that these guys can handle what we're doing. It was really an alert for our players. We need to lock in a little bit more, simplify things in our own mind. Even the most complex plays can be simplified in our own mind. We just have to be better at the details. That's the real thing I was trying to stress. The details haven't been good enough. We've had multiple plays with 10 guys doing something right and one guy isn't. Or 9 guys doing it right and 2 guys are on the same page with communication. That stuff 
can't happen. And so, end quote. And so that, to his credit, is a lot of what has been going on. We've talked about it, that the cheese board is so long because there's a lot of players that are doing things right, but it's long in the fact that there's a lot of players with one, there's a couple, there's a lot of players with two, and not too many with three and four through six games mm-hmm. because they can't all be good together at once right now. Like they haven't mm-hmm. put it all together for a, for four straight quarters yet this season, and that's kind of what I, I'm getting out of this Aaron Rodgers quote. What do you think, Jordan? No, I think that hits it on the head. I think there's so many different things, whether it's their execution, obviously. I mean, that's blatantly obvious. Um, certainly design, what they go into each week, prioritizing, then, you know, based on how the game goes, it's either goes against them or it's taken away from them because the defense is putting in a lot of work trying to keep it a 3-3 game against the Jets and the offense is literally contributing nothing of substance. Right. Or it's the Buccaneers game where like, it's just stuff like that where it's it part of that comes with like one side is doing all the heavy lifting and they're not getting much support. It's a much like a, you know, I mean, we did, dealt with this with the Brewers season this year. You have Brandon Woodruff throwing heat for eight innings. Right. The score is two to one in favor of the other team because the bats aren't is there. Right. That is aren't executing. And it's just that that thing that it's whether you call it chemistry or just being synced, the things that just kind of came to the Packers very naturally under LaFleur, even dating back to the first year. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't like a again, we've talked about it on the pod too. Like that wasn't like a peachy year, but like something's going right when you're going 13 3 and you know the defense is making plays and doing things to disrupt offenses and you're just getting by with a little bit of what you can between Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, who names it, you know, before this year or who name it, uh, you name it. That's how you say that phrase. (laughs) Um, It's late. Um, Yeah. It's that. Yeah. It's all that stuff. It's everything. Yeah. And it just kind of, you put it in a pot and it just looks like it's just about to it's yeah. gross. <laughs> yeah. They think they're making a stew, but they've added way too many different bad ingredients to make it even somewhat palpable to eat. They forgot the cumin. That's right. They forgot the cumin. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, <laughs> talking about simplifying the offense and I guess, yeah, we'll go. We'll, they need to get, we've said it so many times, I'm going to get sick of talking about it. They got to get the run game going more. We talked about it earlier with getting AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones working in harmony together in the offense. And then from there, they'll start having, I think, a more successful offense. But they need to be start being smarter with their passes too. Um, I looked at Next Gen Stats, which has a nice breakdown of the sections of the field. And Rodgers is um, passer rating. Versus the league average in those um, in those sections, and again, as we've just screamed ad nauseum for the past five weeks, the middle of the field is where Rodgers is having success. the 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 graph is broken down. It's it's in the GSPN uh, Discord in the Packers Pals channel. Go join GSPN's Discord, Discord or uh, GSPN info. Fill out a five star review. Or a uh, screenshot of any review. Get in there. See all this great stuff we're doing. But the next gen set shows that line of scrimmage, 10 yards, 10 yards down the field, 20 yards, and further down the field. And there's broken up into four sections between those. So behind the line of scrimmage, 0 10, 10 to 20, 20 and beyond. For behind the line of scrimmage, Rodgers has a 133.8 passer rating, just like on like little dumped off screens right there. Nothing to write home about, whatever. 99.8 to 87.5 league average on like swing passes to the right behind the line of scrimmage, and then 83.1 to the left. That's below the league average um, by about six points. But then, once you start getting past the line of scrimmage, which we've been begging them to throw the ball to, to Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson and people like that, it's a lot of green for the next 20 yards. On the left-hand side, he has between 0 and 10, a 123.5 passer rating. From 10 to 20, 116. Both 30-plus points above league average. In the middle of the field, 0 to 10, 130 uh, NFL or passer rating, 40 points above league average. And 10 to 20 in the middle, 111.9, almost 112. Just about 30 over league average. He has a Subpar league average by less by 24 points. He has 63 passer rating on zero to 10 yards on the right. Think of the Patriots pick six play where mm. that that's where he threw it. That's this section which Rogers said he doesn't like throwing over there anyways. Mm-hmm. And then 10 to 20 on that side, it goes back up to 113.4, uh, just about 30 40 points above league average. So, this 0 to 20 yards down the field, Rodgers is doing very well, but they're not doing it often, it feels like. 
They need to get Lazard, Dobbs, anybody going into the middle of the field more on slants and crossing routes to make life easier on Rodgers because we see he can do it. Well, the thing too, I mean, this is all wrapped up in one. We talked about it. There was a stat maybe it probably would have been after the Patriots game. The stat of the average depth of target for Rodgers is like the mm-hmm. lowest of his career. It's going down. It's going down. Then I think in the LaFleur era is was what that was. Oh yes. Yeah, you're you're correct. Yeah. And then it's met with oh, opposing defenses are trying to test Rogers' arm strength and trying to, you know, test the deep ball. Can you comp- complete these passes to guys like Lazard, Cobb, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson's uh, elite, he is barred from making a downfield route because that's just not who he is. Right. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it goes from, okay, so you're, Targets are always behind the line of scrimmage, in part because they just want to get the ball to um, their best players. Yeah, and normally that would be Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, right? And now defenses are looking at that as well. They're not using this part of the field. Let's prevent the deep ball. Let's prevent these explosive plays, these big, big time plays that normally you would say. You cannot allow at all costs. And now they're looking at the Packers like, well, right. What are they really going to test us with? Right. Exactly. And to your point of protecting the deep ball, Rogers is having an abysmal year in deep. Like we've talked about this and talked about this and talked about this, but it wasn't really like put into that much um, significant weight until I saw this, this, this graphic beyond on passes beyond 20 yards. He has passer ratings across like the left, middle, and right of 24, 39, and 50. 29 or 24 is 44 points below the league average of 78. The middle is almost, it's 47 points below league average at 86. And 51 is 27 points below league average in the sort of on the, on the far right. So it's really, really bad. Like they know Rodgers wants to pass the ball far mm-hmm. and that they're just not letting it happen. Yeah, I don't, I mean, this is going to be the push and pull for the rest of the year until whether they can somehow make those plays, whether they get help through the trade deadline or free agency. I mean, the we joked about the OBJ thing, but like, right. Anything is on the table, and it would not surprise me because they just need help. They need help. Yeah. Because now the book is out. It's not about let's, you know, let's see what the young White House can do. One of them is already hurt, so it's not like Christian Watson making any meaningful impact for the next couple weeks, and hopefully, right, you know, hopefully he can come back. Hopefully he can come back. But it's also like, as much as I am really you know optimistic about romeo dobbs that's a lot for a guy like to put on his shoulders too yeah he shouldn't have to bury that burden or bear that no no not at all um i mean again none of these even alan lazard who's a very capable and serviceable guy he's gonna play in the league for a long time as you know health permitting right 
none of these guys are number one targets or it's there's a difference between like okay we're gonna look at you as the number one target and diversifying the offense and all this stuff but now it's like there is no it's not a security blanket but there's just it's when the book is out that it's like okay you're like how, what do you do to kind of I don't know. Change, what do you do to change it up to make sure? Counter. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. To make sure that even though offenses know or defenses know what you're going to do, that you have options to go to to still have a successful offense. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not to the point that we've had a LaFleur for his fourth year now as head coach. Yeah. To where teams just know what he's going to run. It's just that it's operating differently because of that loss of Devontae. But it shouldn't be operating that much differently in the fact that they've had the entire offseason to plan around this. They had opportunities to change and really haven't. Like, And that's where it is frustrating. The whole thing with Jones and Dylan. Yep. Most of Jones are anything because it's like we've seen him benefit from having Devontae. We've seen him benefit from not having Devontae. Right. And granted, yeah, it's like Devontae's hurt a couple games or like the the spell games was it last year or that was last maybe year. LeFleur's was it the, the Chiefs game? Yep. That was last year? Yeah. Yeah, because Rogers had COVID and uh not that one. The no. the year before or two years before that. I the forgot. one where it, they won without Devontae or something like that. I Oh, okay. Got it. Whatever it was, there was a stretch where they were without Devonte. Yep, and they, I believe, won all four games. I do remember that now. Yeah, and it's like, and again, their offense that year was not that great. It was subpar by what we came to expect, and with Aaron Rodgers on the team, right? And part of the reason why they went after Jordan Love in the draft. Um, <laughs> but like, it's just stuff like that where it's like you made a concerted effort to be like. Our team is going to win through the run, and you're veering away from that from your most dynamic player. Yep. Aaron Jones is their most dynamic player, and yep. for whatever reason, they just continuously just make him an afterthought, and it is hurting them. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see this week coming up how that works. Um, A lot of the... I guess... I don't want to say a lot of... A lot of the... We'll say, I'm not going to say blame, but a good part of the reason they look so bad is the offensive line can't sustain blocking. And players are missing yes. obvious, obvious communication cues and blocks. And that's why Rodgers doesn't have time to pass or they can't find holes in the run game, etc. So let's talk about the commanders a little bit. We'll start with their defense, sort of leading into, leading from that talk about the offensive line. The Washington Commanders defense is apparently a little good. <laughs> At least they're front seven. Because holy freaking moly, Jordan and I are looking prepod. They have fifteen sacks from um their defensive linemen. Which is absolutely insane. Like they, they are getting home to quarterbacks. Um even with no Chase Young, which is the craziest part, who's all with an ACL injury currently. But um I'm gonna mess up his name. It's it's Montel Sweet, right? Or Montez Sweat. Montez Sweat. There we go. I I always want to say Sweet. I Montel like... Sweet is my R and B. 
Yes, Montez uh, Sweat is a stud. And then Jonathan Allen, also a stud. But right now, they are leading. They have three and a half sacks from Darren Payne, three and a half sacks from Jonathan Allen, uh, three sacks from F.A. Olbata, three from Montez Sweat. And they have uh, two more from James Smith-Williams, and that amounts to 15. Like, that's a lot of pressure. Not to mention they have three more coming from Jamin Davis. That's a lot of pressure. And if they're getting home with this front with this front line, they are going to have a tough time if the offensive line continues operating as it has these last couple of weeks. Yeah, it is concerning. Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm already at a loss for words in part because it's like, I felt like we were out of the woods with like where the line was maybe like two weeks ago, basically going into the giants game. Yeah. And maybe it was just the, the days, but those are the games that you play on, <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like, I, I don't, it just, it's not even one step forward, two steps back. This is like, what the hell is happening? Yeah. And again, as we talk about Jake Hansen, plays two plays, gets immediately hurt, and it's like, who, who is going to be to put this all together? Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's, again, that's another thing that's like, when things got bad during the McCarthy years is when they had no line protecting Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. They had no running game. Yep. Now their line is very iffy and it's been very porous especially after a week like last week yep things have to get better and what is normally a strength is not a strength for them right now and it kind of just it's a little ingredient but it explains a lot of like just where things can go awry so quickly yeah it's i i've seen solutions that include getting adam senovich back as the offensive line coach and not putting him as the offensive coordinator. That's a little suspect for the sole purpose that you're going to be changing teams essentially mid-year. Like Matt LaFleur is certainly capable of calling an offense and designing plays and doing things like that, but is that something you implement in the middle of the season? I don't know. No. I feel like you might have to if it begins to keep Especially going. Especially when... I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, all of their offensive, like, key coaching staff members were already in-house. Yeah. They didn't bring an outside guy to, to kind of... No, and, that, and that's part of the issue is that the brain drain that happened when, at this, this offseason was very bad. Yes. Bad as in, the Packers lost a lot of players, or a lot of coaches, to, uh, to his other teams. Broncos, Bears, yeah, um, more. I think. Probably missing I think. I think another couple. one to the Broncos. I think there's Hackett and somebody else went to the Broncos. Yeah, but yeah. regardless of it all, they they just need that. They need Adam Senevich to coach that line again because they were not this bad last year, and if they're going to be continuing to be this bad, Rogers might have an awful week behind the line this week if these. Commanders, uh, defensive command. tackles. Yeah, these commanders take command. 
if take command of the line and the trench and just wreak havoc on this game. Like that, I think that's very much a possibility. I could see fans getting into it too. Like if they're just teeing off on Rogers every play, the fans are gonna love it, and it's gonna make it that much harder in Washington. Put is it in Washington or agreement? It is. This is the first of a three-game road game road stretch. Oh, that! Oh, god! I mistakenly said Green Bay. And I yeah, it's tough. Oof, da. Oof, da is right. They literally might have poop flowing through the pipes, <laughs> and it might reflect the on-field product of the Packers playing. It might. Even. So, it's gonna be big from the. From the uh, the offensive line, I opening drive. We'll we'll know from the opening drive, opening yeah. offensive drive. Depending on yeah, I think depending on how how well they 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 plan their first twenty plays or their first however many they plan, I think we'll know just how much this offensive line is going to stack up against this defensive line by the end of the first quarter. Yeah, yes, and I think that'll because. And hopefully they can make Lassie changes. Did not, <laughs> Lassie did not go well right. from the jump. Mm-hmm. So yeah, defense is going to be very interesting this week for for the uh, for the Commanders. But let's go on look at their offense. Like we had mentioned earlier, Car- Carson Wentz is out. Taylor Heineke is in. Heineke had some success, quote unquote. We'll we'll call it a good game against them last year, as we talked about. But the the biggest part of their offense is their specialists. Uh, led by Terry McLaurin, Scary Terry, their rookie Jahan Dotson, who's having a good year so far, and uh, Curtis Samuel, who's having a, a sort of resurgence with them. He's gotten a few touchdowns this year, been pretty decent yardage-wise and reception-wise. Like they have a legitimate um, three, like top three wide receivers, essentially. If I'm not mistaken, I'm just trying to look it up here. Um, Curtis Samuel, like I said, had, was having that kind of bounce back year after being injured for a lot of his early part of his career. Yeah, he, he has uh, 34 catches for almost 300 yards on 50 targets and two touchdowns, which is pretty good for him. He, uh, I think, he was with the with Washington for the better part of his. Oh, he was with Carolina. Carolina. This is his second year in Washington. I think he, that goes back to when Rivera was there. I think too. so. But he was on IR his rookie year and active his uh, first couple of years or first couple of games of 2018. Um, played a couple of good seasons in a row in 1920, but then had a injury plagued last year. So it's nice to see him healthy and doing things. But that's three dynamic wide receivers that Tyler Heineke will be able to throw to. And I think it's going to be, again, it's important every week, but important to keep their number one, uh, Scary Terry, in check because he has the ability to be the difference maker in games. Yeah, I mean, not even just that, their rookie running back, Brian Robinson, coming back from being shot Yeah, in preseason. Six weeks he came back. And playing a football game, which is ridiculous, but like... Was key to them beating the Bears last week. There he that like NFL players and like it's the meme that like yeah I'm built different. NFL players are built different. Very different. Like very different. Yeah. So I kudos to Brian Robinson. I'm big believer, uh, and him. And I think this is He's, another 
premium example of running backs that are that might be able to just kill the Packers. Yeah, I was gonna say he's gonna have a field day. I already yeah. he's gonna be I'm not so looking forward to it. Between Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, like Antonio Gibson and JD McKissick for that matter. Um Gibson has kind of taken a back seat for some reason. I think Ron Rivera must have some sort of beef with him because they like regulated him to receiving punts when Brian Robinson was healthy in the preseason and JD McKissick was the backup. But like that it's not a three headed monster, but like it's a adolescent version of the three headed dog from Harry Potter one from the Sorcerer's yes. Stone. It's not it's not the big uh <laughs> not the big scary one where you're like actually scary when it's not a puppy. But it's the best that if you don't that Washington can right. uh, offer. If you don't pay attention to this three headed adolescent dog that is Brian Robinson and Tony Gibson Jamie because like they will run all over you. Like that's just yeah. as that's as, as simple as it gets. Mm. So oh. it's gonna be another very important week for the defensive line and linebackers for the Packers. So this is an opportunity and, and to bring it all like back cohesively, they do revolve around Taylor Heineke and the offense for them to go. Like they still want to pass the ball and it's all about quarterback play. Carson Wentz took so many sacks in the first six weeks of the season. Like it was a an alarming amount of sacks. Probably probably part of the reason he's hurt. Yes. But that comes with that the line is partially bad. Like the line is going to be to blame for some of them. But I saw so many highlights of Carson Wentz not like moving. The oh pocket. my god! Yeah, it's a lot. He got, he got sacked twenty three times in six games. Four games. Is, I like a lot. It's not split out evenly, obviously. But I think it was week one. He got sacked nine times. He had a nine percent sack percentage, which seems like like that. And so one error out of every 10 plays is being sacked. Yeah, it was not great. That's awful. It, no, it, it was not good. I'm trying to think Ugh. of what if what game was that. Um, he's only sacked once in the Jaguars game. I, I, I must be mistaken as to what game he was. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, it was against uh, Philadelphia. 24 to 8 loss. Was that week one? Week three. Week three. Week five. Week five, he was sacked five times against the Lions. Yep. So, yeah. Not, Good golly. He's been he's been on the ground a lot. Nine sacks against the Eagles. Like, that's just. Well, I guess, I mean, maybe the offensive line is not that great for the. Right. For uh, commanders. The, right. But that, like, that part of but, it is, is that yeah. Carson Wentz was not moving the pocket. Like, I watched no. some of that horrendous Bears game, and it was like, what are you doing? Like, come on. <laughs> Step up two steps and you avoid that sack. So I think Taylor Heineke is going to be a little more active in the pocket and moving the pocket, getting outside of it. So we'll see if the Packers can have as much success as other teams have had in getting to the quarterback. I'd like to see Kenny Clark do some work this week. That'll be if he if he has a sack or two and he has he's put stuffing uh, runs at the line. That'll be very important. Hopefully, Rashawn. I mean, he had a sack last week. About one and a half. Mm, I think he might have just had one. I, I don't just think one. he had just the one. Uh, yeah, he had. He hopefully, had, his yeah, his toe injury sack. is still not slowing him down. Hopefully. Um, 
is I see Kingsley and Gabari. Yep. Right. Get and his I, first NFL sack. Yeah. Which was nice. It was nice to see him. He didn't play. I think he played like eleven snaps. So effective in his eleven snaps, getting one yeah. sack. But we still need to see the stars. Devondre Campbell, who's not rushing very often, but no. Campbell, um, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, get home to the uh, to the quarterback. Yeah. And hey. They had a couple of secondary blitzes last week. They got yes, burned they on one, but at yes, least they did. they did. Like the the result isn't a reason to change the process. Do or do not. There is no try. There is no try. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jordan, the Star Wars reference. It is. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I simply love it. Um, anything what is else? Star Wars. No. <laughs> Don't even go there. Shout out Rohan. I wonder, if, I wonder if Rohan has seen Star Wars. I don't think he has. We've had I doubt it. I really doubt it. I don't, I don't think he has. I think he's seen two out of six. <sighs> and he'll I, fill us in on what movies those are. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anybody else? Anything else you want to talk about sort of game-wise before we get to players slash coaches to watch and score predictions? No. Let's just let's get into what what to watch for with this what to watch for remember do you remember the old espn like they would go from they'd come back from break it's like it's like well i'll say late night because i want to watch sports center it's like 8 56 8 57 and they do what to watch for and they did like three things like what to watch for the next day in sports oh yeah 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 yeah. that was my then it was like all right, I don't care what tomorrow's stuff is. Show me top 10. Show me top 10. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, who are you looking for this week, Jordan? I put players slash coaches in case you wanted to do anything scheme-wise, but, oh boy, we're picking up the mic. Right to the, right to the mouth. Aaron Jones. <laughs> Feed him, please. Do everything possible <laughs> to get him the ball. Stop making a mockery of my time and fellow Packer fans' time by not giving him the ball. My my dog is getting frustrated. That's <laughs> yeah, it sounded like you didn't like your whispers. Your, that was a yeah, little ASMR for a, you folks. Exactly. Sorry in advance. If you, or, <laughs> that's not even in advance. After fact. <laughs> I just... Please. Please. Just do think. It doesn't even have to be good. He could be just pummeled at the line of scrimmage. Well, let's not say pummeled. Let's 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 keep him healthy. Pummeled but <laughs> upright. <laughs> How about stuffed? Stuffed, yes, like an Oreo. Um, <laughs> let's just get him the ball and let's be productive and give the ball to your best player. <laughs> Yeah, he's not. He's not. He's Aaron Rodgers isn't even the best Aaron on his team. That's right. The, wow, that was a lot <laughs> for a player to watch. <laughs> Stuff like an Oreo. Um, I think for me, I'm trying to think of who I like. What really matters to this game? And I think for me, it's going to be an offensive line. I don't have a single one because like. They all it's... need to work together as a unit because that was part of the reason they failed last week is that like John Runyon Jr. wasn't communicating with um, Josh Royce Myers, Freeman. but 
what, who's Jake Jake Myers? My my mistake as to who they're Josh. Saying. Yeah, Josh. Josh. I'm gonna look it up because I feel like I'm I'm getting it wrong. I think it's Josh. It's Jake Hansen, not Josh Hansen. Yeah, though, as a wanting to say Josh yeah. Hansen when I brought him up. Yeah, before. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Josh Myers. Okay, few. There we go. Okay, man. I'll, I, 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 wow, that was bad. But he was not communicating with with Josh Myers and not communicating with Elton Jenkins on simple stunts coming from the the defensive line. And so I think the entire unit needs to be communicating in how they're picking up blitzes and picking up the pass rush and the run defense. Otherwise, it's just going to be a repeat of last week, and there's a good chance we could lose. Like, I just... It, that 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 is one of the, the critical points this week. Because I believe they are going to commit. I hope they're going to commit. Even though I just said that the press conference stuff is kind of smoke and mirrors on Sunday. Like, I'm hoping and praying to whatever higher beings there might be that they recognize that this is an inflection point of the season because as we talked about to, earlier in the season, the schedule is now getting hard after this game. You, it's already hard enough. It's the start of a three-game road trip, which, again, a very new thing in the NFL. Yep. But they, yeah, yeah, the they, opponents get tougher. Yeah, the, the schedule itself and the opponents get tougher. After, the, after Washington, they go Buffalo, Detroit, Dallas, Tennessee, Philadelphia, Chicago before their bye uh, week. They have a week 14 bye week. The season might be over by then. That is very true. I felt like it was, la- it was, it's been late the last couple of years too. I would rather doesn't... it be late than early. That's always, I of course want the middle. That's the best option, but ideally I like it later so that you don't have like a week five bye, and you have to go all the way to the Super Bowl. This is when we had expectations of actually going to the freaking Super Bowl. That was going to be my counterpoint. Right. But the, like when, during the, like the tens, like 2011 to 2019 to 2016-ish time, it felt like we always had like early buys and then we had to go from week five for four straight months to play without a break. And so that was like the frustrating part. But now, coincidentally, ironically, satirically, whichever LY adjective you want to use <laughs> they could really benefit from a buy earlier in the season right now to sort yes. of reset take two weeks to actually practice new things because by the time they get to the buy this week the season might be over it just take one week to be like reset and just be away from a football field yeah so with that being said noon this sunday at whatever fedex field is it the fedex field i think it is i think you're right i believe so um FedEx Field that noon on Fox. Tune in to wherever you can. Daniel Snyder's uh, casket. <laughs> well, then. Uh, dog agreed. I heard, I heard a little mole back there. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Snyder went, oh, no. Um, score predictions. I think you went first last week, so I'll go I first. Uh, I remember what I predicted. I've predicted three straight wins against three awful teams. I'm going to say they lose. I'm going to say they lose uh, 27-17. Like, Commanders win. Commanders win 27-17. I think it's going to be uglier than that. Oh, God. 19-16. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> 
That's so many field goals. Commanders. And it's going to be like Mason Crosby's hitting a 50-year-old or 50-year-old, 50-yard field goal in the wind. What? That's going to be like our like. You think he makes one in the wind? The break pod in the pod? Oh, my God. The game? Oh, my Lord. I just think it's, I, again, my faith in this team has dwindled gone that's why i rapidly pre- down why i've predicted a loss there's no sense i predicted a lot i predicted wins every week and we're three and three i think it's time that we predicted a loss because they've earned it i know for sure i'm predicting a loss next week <laughs> against the bills oh. yeah that 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 that's you can mark that, it this now, game is the difference between looking at a two-game losing streak and a four-game yeah. And even then, who do they play after that? The uh, Lions at, at Detroit, which is no slouch. If not a, not an easy place to play for the Packers. Hasn't been the last for the last few years. Like Oof. seemingly they can only usually win at Chicago, but other than that, they've been having problems at um, U.S. Bank and Ford Field. So we shall see. This team. This team. um all right folks that does it for us for this episode of talk of the tundra we'll be back for with you after sunday's game against the commanders but before we go a couple things uh to promote box season if you're listening to thursday season opener tonight against the philadelphia 76ers Jordan and Adam and Ty and Rohan did a full look at the NBA, did some over-unders for each team, and then culminated that with an over-under podcast dedicated to the Milwaukee Bucks as they try to go for another NBA Finals championship this year. Talked about some of how the injuries are going to shape up to start the year with Chris being out, with Pat being out, with Joe Ingles being out. And what they're sort of looking for to do... uh, some work and put their best foot forward to play into some minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the trilogy, the season preview trilogy. If you have not checked out any of those uh, parts, please do. Uh, they're very fun, and I think it just kind of it helped me a lot in remembering. Oh, that guy's on that team. It's it's a better <laughs> who who plays for who, whatever that game is on TNT. Right. Yeah, who who we play for? Who we play for? There we go. If you haven't listened to them, listen to them for the sole purpose that Jordan had a incredible change in brand, making hot takes everywhere. I'm not mistaken, Jordan, correct me if I'm wrong. Has the Pacers over? Lock it in. That's what I'm <laughs> doing. It. Yeah. Matt, presented by Master Lock. Not an ad. Not an ad. Not an ad. <laughs> but, uh,. Go check out all that. Ty just did a collaborative, yeah, collaborative pod with Bart Winkler. That was a very fun listen, as well as uh, doing a bunch of the uh, make time for this pods. Another one coming up soon. Stay tuned for that on a recent uh, hit TV show on Hulu as a tease for that. It'll come out in the next couple weeks. But other than that, GSPN info to join the Discord. Get in there for the Buck season. There'll be playbacks and things like that. We're presuming. Uh, As play actually, yeah, playback. playback for the season opener. Oh, really? Tomorrow? 
Yes. There yes. You can watch. We go. To watch Buck Sixers with us. There we go. So hop in the Discord to get that link and join us there. They are so much fun. They're just a blast to hang out with the community, hang out with us, and just sort of talk about what's going on in the game. There's a lot of fun memes that happen during playbacks, as I can attest mm-hmm. to. So. Yeah, it's going to be different getting back into the basketball playback because I, I was, it moves a lot faster. It was a lot baseball. faster than baseball. There's a, not a lot dead air. <laughs> Got to actually no. talk about the game and not various random baseball things. <laughs> but all right, folks. Thank you again for listening to another episode of Talk of the Tundra. We really appreciate it. Uh, Jordan, thanks so much for joining me, buddy. Thank you. 